I'm Becky Lloyd-Pack. And I'm Becky Stanton. And this is the Doing Business Differently podcast. Welcome to another episode, everybody. And this week we had the absolute joy of chatting to Rachel Luke, who is one of our wonderful pod members and also a digital marketing wizard. Mm-hmm. And also a fellow military spouse, <laughs> which yes, is Anna. just as beautiful. <laughs> I know there was some um, off air chat about the nuances of. Uh, military housing, which was fascinating <laughs> for me to listen into. It's like another world being a military spouse. Yeah. But it was incredible to also hear Rachel's approach to marketing, doing marketing differently. Absolutely. And I think we covered so much ground in this episode, um, which is incredible. And I think it's going to be perfect if somebody right now is maybe just feeling a bit disconnected, misaligned overwhelmed by their marketing, by content creation, feeling weird about Instagram, maybe even just drowning in all the shoulds and doesn't really know actually what what they can be doing and maybe a slightly different way of thinking about it uh, and really just redefining the rules around marketing. If somebody wants to kind of get stuck into that as a topic, you are going to love this episode because that is exactly what we did. Yeah, and her approach is about being ethical and sustainable. And we really spoke about what that means. And I feel that if you're listening to this podcast, that's also what you're looking for in your content. You're not here to be an influencer, to post 10 times a day. And it's how to do it in a way that works for you. And I think Rachel shares so many tips and hacks, doesn't she, about what how you could possibly apply it to your business i know i'm taking some home with me <laughs> yeah definitely there was points where it was like oh that's an interesting <laughs> thought isn't it make a little private note over here <laughs> yeah. yeah so well with no further ado then i hope you enjoy this week's episode with rachel luke hi rachel hello How are you today, my lovely? I am very good, thank you. We are so excited to have you on the podcast, but we're going to let you do a full introduction first just so you can introduce yourself to everyone. Okay, time for that moment that always feels a little bit awkward. (laughs) Um, So, hi, my name is Rachel Luke of Rachel Luke Digital Marketing. Um, and I have been in business now since 2020. I did, as many of us did, started up online during the pandemic. Um, and I have now grown into a digital marketing agency uh, where we specialize in helping people to overcome their content overwhelm. Working with a variety of business owners, um, huge variety of different people and everything in common everybody's really really passionate about their business got a small team now there are six of us um and yeah we're all working together in different ways to try and help you to market your business in a way that feels good for you incredible we're so blessed to have you on the doing business differently podcast because content is a big thing for a lot of business owners and what i really love about your approach is that ethical and sustainable approach to socials and marketing I'd love to hear what that means for you and what that looks like so I'm going to split that down into the two things of ethical and sustainable because they're obviously similar but a little bit different so ethical as in doing it in a way that feels good to you uh, because so many people out there will say and there's a huge trend at the minute going around of oh well just say that you're making loads and loads of money even if you're not no no very much about being true to 
true to like what you do so that you're not lying to people but also being true to yourself um because there's nothing worse than doing something that you don't enjoy in the name of your business which which i always say if you're going to do stuff that you don't enjoy you might as well go and be employed because you know then at least you're getting paid for it and you get a sick leave whereas if you're doing it for yourself this is the whole thing is that you can be like ethical to yourself don't force yourself to do things that you don't want to do there is enough options out there that you can pick and choose what types of content you want to create and then sustainable because again solo business owners they are often told you need to be posting every day you need to be doing videos every day you need to be making all of these pieces of content nobody's got time for that unless you're being a influencer in which case that is your job so you should be doing it but you've actually got a business to run as well so if you're just spending all your time making content when are you actually running your business so and because the algorithm which i always put in inverted commas because it's sort of it seems to have a personality of its own now um the algorithm wants us to be consistent in everything that we do so you need to make it so that your content strategy is sustainable for you because you need to keep it up for the rest of your conceivable existence so it's pointless going in and being like i'm gonna post three times a day every single day no you're not not for the rest of your life you're not i'm sorry but it's just not possible for anybody Mm. so yes that's kind of what i mean by like ethical and sustainable you know, I think there's a really important point there. It kind of came to me as you were talking about, you know, I'm going to go into it. I'm going to post three times a day because that's what I've got time to do right now. I haven't necessarily got uh, all the clients that I want to have. So I'm not at like, my full capacity. So I'm going to post loads of content and then that might work. You might get clients. But actually, I think what that can also do is create in your head a narrative of the only way I can get clients is by posting three times a day. So almost you set yourself up for this almost toxic relationship with marketing because you're not necessarily finding the way to do it that is sustainable even when you're fully booked. So I think there's there's probably this almost misconception or trap that we can fall into when we're not as busy with clients to just post more and post more, but maybe there's actually a little bit of, of self-harm in that by setting yourself up at certain expectations that later down the line you're maybe going to struggle with. And I've only just had that thought as I listened to you. Then I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's the thing that, that we're doing. 100%. And it harms your business as well because you are creating this self-fulfilled feast and famine cycle because it is a feast of content out there whilst you've got no clients and you get the clients and you don't post anything at all for weeks or months. And then all of a sudden those clients move on and then you have got no new clients because you've not posted. So then you do it again. And it's just this really horrible feast or famine cycle. And it works negatively against you as well to the algorithm because you're not being consistent. So yeah, so it really is this like horrible trap that so many of us fall into. Um, And this is where I'm going to say for all the people that are in that point of just starting out, schedule, please schedule. If you schedule, you can then take care of future because there is no better feeling in the world than when you see something pop up and you're like, oh, past me wrote that. Look, I just did that whilst I was sat on the sofa watching TV and I've, I've posted something and isn't it amazing? It's it's really good feeling having past you look out for future you. I love that feeling and I get that every time I schedule emails. I'm like, oh, I've emailed myself. <laughs> look what I had to say. <laughs> but I feel there's like the consistency and the scheduling. Like As soon as you said it, like I could feel the narrative coming in and I feel you must see this in with your clients in the industry there's so many myths 
Like the one around scheduling, the first one that popped into my head is like, no, you meant to post in the moment. I feel like in 2020 around that time, maybe because more people were online and you know doing less stuff, less distractions or work, that there was this myth of, oh, you get bad attraction when you post in the moment. And do you find, or I'd be interested here, what are the the myths, the narratives, the stories that clients have around content, which does impact their consistency and, you know, the way they're showing up. Oh, there are a million myths out there. I feel like every I single it. time I go on Instagram, there's a new myth out there that's like incorrect. Um, but yes, it is. It's, so the hardest thing is, is quite often there is like a shred of truth in every myth, which then makes it really hard to debunk because you're like, well, mostly yes, but also a little bit no. Um, so with that one, for example, posting in the moment can get absolutely fantastic content out of you because you're really feeling what it is that you're posting. However, if you're just relying on posting in the moment, there are the moments when you don't want to post. So it's kind of like a little bit of yes and no. So yeah, that's like a really... It is a really pervasive one. The other ones as well, the one that I hear the most all the time is the algorithm has changed. The algorithm has not changed. The algorithm has not had a major change in about five years, something like that. It is probably just that what people want to see online is changing. So it's not necessarily Instagram's fault or Facebook's fault. I mean, to be fair, quite often it's Facebook's fault because Facebook is a bit of a pain. Um, but it is quite often that your audience has changed. People have changed you need to make sure that you are staying on top of what is going on out there and constantly trying. I think another really common myth that's very harmful is, well, this used to work, so therefore, why isn't it working now? Okay. And the world changes. You can't just say, oh, this worked once, so therefore I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. No, it's everything is constantly changing and you need to be treating your content almost like science of like hypothesizing and testing and having a little look as well at how it is done so then you can come back in again it's um a ever-changing cycle which is a part of why i love it so i want to um i want to jump in and actually just ask you kind of how you'd approach this because i'm i'm sort of like listening here like nodding along and thinking but i can imagine and even to myself as well, to a certain extent, there's overwhelm, the already, like constantly testing, everything's constantly changing, schedule stuff in advance. Like I know there's ways to deal with it, one of which is hiring a team to help you and stuff like that. But I, I guess I'd be interested, Rach, from your perspective, if somebody is in that feast and famine cycle now of, of creation, if somebody is thinking, oh, I need to test things but I don't quite know where to start and they're just in this state of maybe overwhelm what will what advice would you give to that person maybe about how to break it down how to strip things back what would you kind of recommend that they look at like look at within their own strategy maybe and just approach this and create a little bit more freedom and space but still be able to to be consistent and create content that, that does stuff for them so yeah just gonna throw that in your court I mean, it's obviously the first thing I'm going to say is, why don't you hire me? But other than that, um, I'm going to say, imagine, so say for example, it can feel a little bit like you were looking at a room that is really, really messy. There are, I mean, if you are a parent, there are toys everywhere. Or, you know, even if it's just like a massive pile of laundry on the bed, you have to then think, right, how would you then tackle that? You probably want to strip it back. You probably want to dial it down and be like, do you know what? First things first, I'm going to fold all of the socks or maybe I'm going to just separate everything out into everybody's piles first. You need to have a little think about how you're going to begin to strip things back to break things down. So quite often, if you are posting 
like you know prolifically everywhere but you don't really know why and you don't really know what you're doing and it's not really working for you dial it right back let's go back to basics lots of people always want to post like constantly i always say just dial it back to three times a week that is a really nice amount of times that you can consistently post for that you can schedule then if you want to go on top you can do when you're having these like little bursts of inspiration but that's a really really sustainable amount of times a week that you can post then you want to have a little think about why are you posting because again this is a big question that everybody quite often when i say to people do you have a, a content strategy and they'll say yes i post three times a week i'm like cool why and they go um because you're supposed to that's not a good reason why or i might say to somebody why are you posting this and they'll just be like um because i want to sell and it's like okay but what about everything else that you can do and also if you're asking somebody to buy this where's the call to action telling people to buy this so it's kind of really having a good think about why are you posting each piece of content what is your overall aim for that month are you wanting to have a month of growing are you wanting to have a month of hardcore selling? Are you wanting to have a month of growing your community? Are you wanting to grow your authority? It's You really have to think, why am I posting things? What is my overall aim? And then dial it back and just do a little bit. And then also you can also come onto my um, other love of my life, which is content repurposing, because you can also start to think actually, what long form content can I create that will then split off into lots of other bits of content, but without me having to come up with the ideas constantly, because I know not everybody has a sort of brain that can constantly come up with ideas for things to talk about in their content. Yeah, incredible, incredible advice. I love the intention and the why. And if I was a client and I was like, you know what, this my intention this month is selling. I've got an offer that I'm so excited about. And there is just feeling this stickiness around content. Am I talking about myself? <laughs> I'm always going through some content <laughs> healing. Um, but what would you say in terms of, if I was posting three times a week, what content would you post when selling? What would your advice be to do it in a way that is ethical, sustainable? And what I'm hearing you saying is just like alignment, essentially. What would be your advice? So you want to do a mixture of what I call hard selling posts and soft selling posts. So the hard selling posts are the very, very obvious, like buy this. Very, very simple, very, very obvious. And you probably only want to do those around 20-ish percent of the time because any more and people begin to get turned off. Now, it depends what it is. If you are doing something like a launch and it is like literally the week of the launch, go for it, crack on, because I think people know that it will be over soon. But if it's for an ongoing offer, you don't want to be doing that too often because you will just turn people off. But then you can start bringing in some of the soft sales posts. So these are things like testimonials where you're not necessarily saying you need to go and buy this, but you're saying, I'm amazing. And then people will start to think, how could I work with you? And then when they see the other stuff, so it's about setting that really nice foundation with the soft sales posts that can then support the hard sales posts so that when people see those hard sales posts, they're then more inclined to actually take action because they've seen everything else surrounding it to back it up. Um, so for posting three times a week, I'd say if you're just, if it's just like a constant, if it's not for a specific launch, so if it is just ongoing, one post a week, I like to do as a sales post. So then I would probably say then out of a month, maybe two hard sales, two soft sales posts. And then you want to fill in the rest with other things as well. So like you want to fill it in with maybe some like community-based posts, some other like personality-based posts things like that just so people can get to know you as well as wanting to buy from you 
because I mean it's really cringy and it's really really overused but people do buy from people and it is called social media which I think a lot of people forget is that it is social media it's not just stand up in a crowded room and shout media I love that and it's definitely something I see from a mindset and energetic perspective as well of people feel more comfortable in the passive selling right in maybe the social aspects and there's so much fear and discomfort around the direct and and I'm sure this is how you support people as well but there's so many businesses beyond you know it being around a service-based business if it's like you providing a service that just sell right <laughs> they're just here saying this is what we do this is how I help you <laughs> but it feels more personal like how does that show up for your clients you know where it feels like it's really about you selling and people buying you because it is social media like you say it's people buy from people so I tend to see two sort of things with service-based businesses either they only sell and they you don't actually know who they are and what they do or they're basically an influencer and they're just talking all the time about their life and then every now and again somebody will just be like oh I didn't know that you did that because they're not actually selling ever so it seems to be very much one way or the other and it is about almost like it's potentially horrible but quite often I just get over yourself (laughs) it is just a case of like treat yourself like a client almost even if you aren't at a point of investing in somebody to help you out with your socials yet pretend that you have because we are so much better at shouting about other people than what we are about ourselves and also it can reduce that cringe factor um if you are actually like if somebody because then the excuse I always say to people is if somebody comes back to you like oh well it was my social media manager that wrote that that doesn't really you know you can sort of if nobody ever will but if you've got that excuse in the back of your mind ready then it can make it be better you can sort of like have this imaginary person that does it for you but to be fair it's quite often a lot of what I do for my clients is I take on all of the sales posts and let them just do the really nice about me this is like what I've been up to those sorts of posts and the bits that they really enjoy doing and I'm just like yeah I'll I'll shout about you I know how amazing you are I will write all these really nice braggy posts for you and it works really really well I love that and also I love that's a great hack you know when I don't know if you've ever done this but you pretend you have an assistant before you have an assistant (laughs) I love it that we all have that social media hat it's almost like I can see like this visualization of like you put on your hat and you're like, right, I'm my social media manager now. Let's talk about my business. Let's let's do a sales of salesy post. I love that. Just like we have our pretend VA at the beginning of the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really love that. What I actually want to pick up on another thing you just said, because I think it's a really, really important point. And this is, it's the whole like influencer versus entrepreneur thing, the whole topic around that. And I actually think this is something that a lot of us, when you are the face of your business, unfortunately, I think we get exposed mostly to popular influencer style content from even other entrepreneurs who are very much trying to leverage the personal brand, leverage reaching mass audiences so they can sell um, more general things and play a bit more of a numbers game. But I think it kind of damages us because it creates this perception that we need to act like that. And it's actually very different when you're an entrepreneur and your goals with social media, they are very different to how an influencer operates. So I just think it's a a really important point to kind of bring up because if, if somebody's not aware of that yet and all they're seeing on socials is essentially content from other influencers there's this assumption like, this is how it must be done. This is how I have to act. This is how I have to perform. 
to reach success when that's just not necessarily the case. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up as a topic just to shed light on um, because I remember the first time I kind of, it dawned on me and I was like, oh, I see what I've been doing here. <laughs> it, it's, it's like the, the follower numbers isn't a big deal. You know, it, thankfully, I feel like we have mostly moved away from now on Instagram of everybody wanting to get to 10,000 followers because obviously everybody wanted it to get the swipe up so you could add the links to stories, whereas now we can just add links to stories. Um, but yeah, having, you know, wanting to be at 10,000 followers, why? That's, that's one of the goals if anybody ever tells me I really push them on it because unless they are an influencer, no, you don't. That's not your goal. Your goal is to have a successful business and you can have an incredibly successful business at under 1,000 followers. It is all about making sure that they're the right people. You don't want everybody. It's, I mean, I know this is something that you've talked about like Becky Lopat before is the magnet content. You need to be putting the things out there to make sure that you have got the the right people following you. Because like at the beginning, you know, obviously it's really lovely that like your mom's following you, but at the same time, is she going to be your customer? If she's not, you don't really want to be writing towards her, do you? You want to be writing towards the people that are going to be your customers, not that are going to just anybody. You know, it's why like follow pods and like all of these sorts of things are really harmful actually to your business people think it's fantastic and the amount of people that i see that have these like oh share your content and we'll all like each other's content it's like but are you actually my ideal client if you're not this is just a waste of time mm-hmm. and energy for everybody yeah and i i do feel like it has shit I, I remember like during pandemic times like i saw so much of that going on and thankfully i don't really see it anymore which is a little bit of a relief now i think we should also talk about platforms that aren't instagram Because I think this almost, you know, alludes to a bit of a trap that a lot of people fall into in that we we think Instagram is the be all and end all of content creation, of marketing your business on social media uh, for whatever reason. I, I still do go on it. I still do enjoy using it as a user. So obviously I'm quite happy to post on there as well. But I think there's a lot of emphasis placed on it as a platform whereas actually there's so many opportunities in different places so I'd love to hear maybe you just talk about I don't know some of the other platforms that you see doing well for people that people might want to consider if they're kind of sick of feeling obsessed with Instagram absolutely and I do talk about Instagram a lot and that's just because it's my favorite social media platform it's where I spend most of my time so it is a bit of a again a trap that people fall into is that you have to be on these the only platform that I say that you absolutely have to have a presence on is Facebook and that is just because that is they, Facebook is the forums of this day and age if you are old enough to remember internet forums um and that's because recommendations happen on Facebook constantly. So it's really good for people if they do click on it to be like, oh yeah, that person's still trading. That person is still alive. Like let's, you know, make sure that there's still some sort of presence. Other than that, really do just need to concentrate on where, you, what type of content you enjoy. Because as much as quite often as well at the beginning, it's like, well, where's your ideal customer? Where are they hanging out? There's an element of that, but also people are on everything. So it is really good to go where you enjoy. So obviously, if you really love making video content, YouTube is hugely underrated, but actually massive, particularly for authority type things. Um, Obviously, TikTok. And then you have got your video element as well of um, like Instagram with the reels. If you love writing and you're actually like not really into like having, you know, doing pictures and graphics and things like that, don't forget of things like 
blogs on your own website are absolutely fantastic and then blogs are also brilliant because pinterest pinterest is also hugely underutilized i've got a client who is still getting hundreds and hundreds about 500 website visits a month from a pin that she posted 10 years ago literally where else apart from probably your website is that thing in this day and age so i think pinterest again and particularly if you enjoy writing it is oh so beneficial it is absolutely massive and obviously as well blog writing is fantastic as well for seo i do talk about blog writing quite a bit because i started off as a blog i've been blogging since i was 12 years old so it's been my bread and butter of growing up um so yeah so there's like quite a few different options depending on what sort of content you like to get if you enjoy talking if you're like a podcaster like these two wonderful ladies here again there's the elements of making sure that you're having it so that you can put that content then everywhere else because again podcasts are just as beautiful as blogs because it's long-form content you can then pull other stuff from for either you to put elsewhere or for your team to then put elsewhere and it's a lot easier to hire people to do content for you if you're giving them a bank of content to create it from that's in your voice I think that's again a lot of things that people worry about quite a lot with bringing somebody on to help them with their content is but it won't sound like me if you've created long-form content it will sound like you because it's your voice still yeah incredible and I feel sometimes and there's an overwhelm of all the options and what advice would you give to someone who maybe you know I feel there is a lot of connection with Instagram like someone was trying to decide what of the other platforms I hear that you're saying it's what content you like to create but what else would you say for someone that you know wants to just go in on another platform like they're ready to expand their reach I so the one I would always recommend the most to people is to do something long form just because for your future self your future self will massively thank you for going in on doing some good long form content so I'd say pick something like, I mean, it, it really will depend on what your business is and everything, but pick something like blogging or podcasting or long form video, like on YouTube, depending on what bits you enjoy doing out of those um, and go for something like that, because that is just so future proofed. And also it all lasts a lot longer um, than your traditional, you know, if you tweet or story or tiktok or anything like that everything's got a lot shorter of a lifespan and also just something i always say to all business owners is just don't sleep on pinterest um because pinterest is hugely powerful and hugely underutilized definitely and i'm also an example of i had a pinterest manager in 2021 i think and i still get huge traction (laughs) from pinterest and even though it's not really aligned graphically anymore, it brings so much reach and like people coming into my funnels is really powerful. And actually, let's pick up on that, the F word of funnels there. Uh, only just, again, thrown it in there as something I saw the other day, kind of taking the Instagram conversation as well, is understanding the purpose of your entire Instagram account. What are you trying to get people to do? And the advice from this person, again, advice is like it can apply or not apply to anybody so if you're listening to this please don't assume I'm saying this is the only way to do things because it's not but what I quite liked about what she was saying was really treating Instagram as that kind of like top of funnel place of where you want to reach people connect them and actually if you don't necessarily feel comfortable on Instagram doing those like hard sales posts that kind of buy from me buy from me buy from me if that feels really uncomfortable actually treating Instagram as a place where you gather your community and create invitations for them to go and join your email list, 
them to go and download your freebie and just take them to other places where you can have that kind of deeper sales conversation if you want to. You know, you can write up your set, like your welcome email sequence, which does the hard selling. So you can do that once and don't have to worry about it. So I think sometimes, again, when we just maybe go all in on one platform and put a lot of expectation on also like people have to buy that the only way somebody can get a sales message from me is by me posting on Instagram and they've then got three days to, to see it and then oh my god if they don't sign up then I'm not telling them how to buy from me anywhere else so I think this kind of like understanding what you what your platforms are there to to do like as an overall purpose like even one step back from the posts the, the actual posts that you're doing getting clear on that I find can be really really helpful because then you're like great I know what I'm trying to do here is just get people to get off Instagram or to join my mailing list and actually that's where I'm going to do the selling in a more considered way in a more nuanced way so I think there's also just an opportunity for people to again maybe just look at what they're doing in terms of marketing and just understanding like what purpose am I actually trying to achieve or whatever with each of the different platforms definitely something I think people should (laughs) take a moment to think about Definitely. It's something as well I think that people need to do is to zoom out sometimes because we're so used to just being users of platforms. And so we're just sort of like, imagine like we're just on the rapids and we're just getting taken through. All of a sudden, if you like zoom out a little bit, you're like, actually, when I go on Instagram, am I ready to buy? Or am I actually kind of just having a look to, to see what my friends are up to and just like to fill a few minutes? Cool, that's not then the place necessarily that I want to hard sell all the time. Whereas when I'm opening an email... I'm probably a little bit more in a working mindset because this is my work emails and I'm more likely potentially to buy. And it's a thing as well on Pinterest. Oh, I can't remember the stat now. I wish I'd looked it up, but it's something like 80% of people are on Pinterest ready to buy. So again, it's like having a look at where are you ready to buy and where are you just wanting to have conversations with people and just connect with people. So again, it's kind of like a look at your overall thing and decide. And also as well as email seems so much less you in a way I think it's because you're not really putting your face to it so it's actually really really easy to set up and do the sales things on email than it is on a post that's got your face on it or you talk into a story because obviously that feels so much more personal so much more you whereas when you're just writing an email very much so it's a good idea to to yeah make sure you utilize different places and you might feel really comfortable selling in one place more than another and then also if I getting a little bit on my soapbox now um getting into <laughs> um batch creation which is something I think people really, really shy away from is the idea of batch creating. But I promise you, it is so much, you get yourself into that mindset. You get yourself into the mindset of creating and of writing and then it begins to flow so much easier. Whereas if you're like every single day, right, and now I need to spend 10 minutes writing something and it can feel like such a wrench pulling your brain away from whatever it was that you were doing and into this mindset. Whereas if you're like, no, do you know what? once like twice a month I'm going to sit down for a morning and I'm just going to do content stuff you get into the flow and then you find that it just comes out so much quicker and so much it's how I can I mean I can create an entire month's worth of posts for two or three businesses in the space of a morning because you could just get yourself into that mindset and then it just starts coming out of you so yeah it's a it's another thing I find people shy away from a lot whereas it is a lot easier doing it in batches mm. Do you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to share a, a mini story about myself, <laughs> which I've 
healed from, um, <laughs> if that's the right terminology, but it's not. I used to be somebody that was kind of against batch creation and that was like, no, when it goes shed like when it's scheduled to go out later, it doesn't feel genuine. It's not coming from the same place. I want it to be, you know, I want to be able to feel emotionally connected with it. Like I definitely had a lot of those thoughts and feelings, but I think now I recognize some of that as self-sabotage for sure. Some of it was like, no, it's easy to shy away because it's just an excuse about actually if something goes out and I'm not emotionally connected to it and it doesn't go well and ooh, there was kind of like tricky feelings there. So I'm kind of just sharing this if somebody's listening going, yeah, okay, batch creating, sure, but I, I, you know, I like to create in the moment. I, this is me. I love to create in the moment, absolutely. Um, but I do now recognize the absolute power of batch creation scheduling and actually if you just get out your own way a little bit with that I think there is there is rewards to be reaped there and my thing how I like to play with it now is that yes I might be in a different space emotionally like than when I wrote the post but because my kind of spiritual brain I'm like yeah but you know time's like transient and everything exists at once so the version of Becky that wrote that she still exists so she's still like on the timeline with that post and it is still genuine even though I might not be feeling the same thing right now when I wrote it it was genuine and that is still true uh, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there if, for, for a past version of me that will be listening to this going like but I'm a creative soul it has to be genuine and in the moment mm, yes but also you can make your life a hell of a lot easier um, by just embracing these things and seeing how it feels and actually giving it a go. Because, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely soothes the old nervous system when you know your content is soiled. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I think for me, it's also connecting to other businesses. I think we can get in such a bubble. You know, I had it at the weekend where I was like on Instagram and I was like, wow, like I get all of these messages and I saw what my sister was consuming and I was like, wow, I don't get any of that content. <laughs> You know, I'm in such my own bubble and I feel power in, if I'm a business owner, like like we said, like the social media manager hat, putting on the business owner hat of, I don't need to make everything emotionally connected, <laughs> right? That, I Chanel is always one that comes to my mind. <laughs> like Chanel shares a bag that was created from their passion, from their creative soul, right and they get to share it just proud of their work and just being like this is the bag right and I feel like there's this again from this creative mindset of that every post has to be like really deep and meaningful and like really long and actually it gets like you say it gets to be batch and like little snippets of what you want to say like really intentional of like sharing a Chanel bag is like look what we've created this is us you know, and I feel like sometimes the mindset trap that I used to get into that Instagram post had to do so much. A blog had to be everything I know about that subject, right? And it doesn't have to be that deep and it doesn't have to be all, everything. And I love what Becky said around like in terms of batch creating is really powerful and that actually the intention of the writing is what matters, right? The energy of what you're writing matters. So it doesn't have to tick all the boxes. It doesn't have to be everything you know. You don't have to prove anything with this message. It's just intentionally what you want to create from that message. And linking to that, one thing I loved about how you represent marketing is you said a statement of you are interesting. 
right? And I feel this is a big one that I see in mindset. Can you talk a bit about like that kind of mindset? Because I think we try to represent too much in our marketing, don't we? Trying to tick all the boxes. I think it's a trap that particularly women we fall into a lot of trying to add too much context to everything because we don't want anyone to misinterpret anything we ever say because we really don't want to cause offense or make anybody think less of us but again this is that whole thing of you need to not talk to everybody you need to not be an influencer you need to talk to the right people so again and I think it's like with the wanting to this is another thing that I see a lot and I talk to a lot about with my clients is I have a lot of people that are very private people, but they have a business. So they need to share about them because if you don't, then obviously people aren't going to be able to connect with you. But at the same time, because they're so used to seeing influencers online, they're like, well, I don't want to show my kids and I don't want to show me crying at the end of a really hard day. And I don't want to show my, like, I mean, particularly military spouses, we don't want to show my monkey quarter kitchen or whatever. And it's kind of like a, no you can just pick the elements that you want to share because you are interesting and you have interesting things about you and to be fair my favorite example of this is you know it's just gone autumn um and the conkers were falling off trees and for anybody that followed me on instagram will have seen that i absolutely blooming love collecting conkers um and i collected a ridiculous number of conkers and i put it all on my instagram stories and I made so many connections through that. And I was getting people messaging me who had literally never really messaged me. I'd never talked to before in my life. But they were saying like, oh, a conquer fell on my car today. And I thought of you. And I'm like, this is showing the power. I don't care who in the world knows I like to pick up conkers. It's really innocuous. It's not really anything that anybody could ever use against me. But at the same time, it was enabling creating connection because it is interesting to some people. You know, other people, it is that also really enjoy picking up conkers or enjoy acorns or anything like that, people will begin to connect with you. So it is always about finding the things about yourself that you're willing to share. And it can be super, super basic things, but these little things can start to create a really, really good connection with other people that are really innocuous. But again, you're more interested than what you think. Another one that I like to reference a lot is I made a really good connection with those people talking about putting Biscoff in porridge again something super super simple that's really really innocuous but lots of people that also are biscoff spread addicts have like said yeah actually they've really connected with me over that and i've made some new connections find those things about you that you're willing to share and no matter how boring you think they are people will be interested i'm going to add to that the reason i've, I've talked about this before your boring stories, the most boring things about you are the best content to share because the reason it's boring is because it's common. And so therefore, because it's common, people have experienced it themselves. That's why, That's what makes a boring story because we've all experienced it. So if you're going like, oh, but it's really boring about how, my, how I do this or like everybody does it, great, jump on that. That's the content that actually people want to see. That's what we want to experience. So yeah, with the like, what's interesting, if you do something that's like, oh, this is really unique, this is really out there, people can't relate to it because it's it's by definition unique, aka unrelatable in a sense. So actually capitalizing, at, capitalizing on those boring stories, like the conquer story, I was gripped rage because I remember you did a thing where you were like, we're going to do a, co a competition. Can you guess how many conkers there were? And I'm like, I wonder how many. Like, it's just such an easy thing. And it doesn't require any mental load from us. It doesn't require us to 
be intellectual about things. We get to just consume it in a really lighthearted way, which let's be real, that's what we're mostly looking for when we go on the likes of Instagram. It's just something to help distract us from the moment, to give us a little respite from whatever's going on around us. So actually capitalizing on those things is just an absolute genius strategy. Um, yeah, this whole like, yes, it's great to be unique in some ways, but in terms of relating to people, actually it's much better to be a little bit boring about certain things. Definitely. And I feel as though it also builds that trust because I saw a post recently where someone was, it was essentially a boring story, <laughs> right? It was just talking about her day. And then the next one was selling from that. And so automatically I was like, oh, I, I went in, I got a bit invested. And actually she was just selling to me. And I think there's power in sharing just, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I value. Without the sell connected, That that's when I build trust with people. I think, ah. Oh, you know, they're, they're like me or they're like nature. Oh, I've got something in common. And if I ever post dogs and cats, oh my God, the, my DMs go crazy. Because <laughs> people are animal lovers, right? And they just want to connect. But if I shared a picture of my dog and then was like, you know what? My dog's going to be on my next one-to-one -one call with me. Come join my one-to-one. -one. People are going to be like, oh no, icky, right? Because it feels salty. So I love that tip of just be you. Start doing your to-do list every day as a business owner. People are so fascinated in that. Look at like on YouTube, how many views do day in the life of morning routines, evening routines. These are really, really common, really, really well watched and interesting videos because we're always, I think as well, we're always trying to make ourselves like, a little bit better. So we're always really interested in like, a, well, I wonder what their morning routine is because, you know, maybe they'll have one little thing that I don't do that maybe I want to do, but you don't know until you watch it. So you're really invested and it is again, making the connections with the people. So it's absolutely huge and it's really easy to come up with these sort of little snippets of yourself to share and then you can share into your heart's content and people feel like they know you intimately, whereas actually they might just know your snack selection that you always have at 11 o'clock in the morning with your cup of tea. Or they might know like, oh, do you know what? That Becky Lopak, she really likes a cup of tea. Like, and again, people get really, really connected, but at the same time, so the matter. Yeah, it's the beauty of it. Beauty of actually, it can be remarkably simple if you let it. And I think that's like one of the key things I would love anybody listening to the walk, anybody listening to walk away with is that understanding that actually things can be way simpler, way more just like stripped back than a lot of us think it needs to be. And one of my pieces of advice would be to just unfollow a lot of people. If you are following people that are creating this false perception in your brain about how things need to be, or they're triggering you in some way and making you feel that you need to do more or you're not doing enough, just unfollow. You want to make your social media a beautiful place to go on and be. And then you're probably going to be much more excited about creating content for it. Whereas, yeah, I definitely got to the po a point recently where I would go on socials and I'd be like, oh God, like it just doesn't feel fun for me anymore. But I think it's because when I was scrolling through, I was just getting bombarded with everybody else's sales messages. And actually, I think one of the biggest things we can do in re reducing overwhelm is actually clearing out a lot of the people we follow, even if they're friends, even if they're business buddies and just being like, if you feel weird about it, just go, hey, I just need to take a bit of a moment. So I'm just going to be like 
stepping back from him a follow no offense it's nothing to do with you i love you i support you I need to be a bit more mindful of what I'm consuming. I think that's just something that would be a beautiful gift that a lot of people could give to themselves really easily. Thing that I always suggest as well, particularly going in with the whole batch creating content thing is never scroll before you start creating content because the minute you start scrolling for ideas, you then get to the point where you're like, I've never had an original idea in my life. I can never be as good as all of these people. What would I even talk about? Well, now I can't write about that because they've just written about that. And it just absolutely is the worst thing you can possibly do. So that's why I always say, don't pick up your phone, leave your phone somewhere else, create that content first and then scroll later. And then that makes it a lot easier because if you're doing it batch creation, you can be like, actually, do you know what? I've not looked at my phone for five minutes. Now I'm going to write everything and then I can happily go on my phone for the rest of the day. But yeah, there is nothing worse for your creativity than looking at other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Here, absolutely here. <laughs> absolutely and so it's really beautiful i think simplicity is the message isn't it intentionality and then simplicity with that intention what other advice would you have for people that want to do business differently they want marketing to feel good they want to be consistent what would you suggest find the joy I think that's the big thing is if it feels like play, if it feels like fun, you're going to want to keep doing it. So even if that means you need to hop around and try everything out for a couple of months, it's not going to kill your business. Like you can just give it a go and see what happens and just keep playing with it until you find the thing that works for you, until you find what feels not even necessarily easy, but just like that you can do this then keep going with that and then when you get to the point where you can start to get other people in I mean obviously I'm going to say this but I am going to say this is getting other people in that are experts and that know the thing so you're not having to constantly try and be in this social media manager mindset of well what's trending what do I need to do what's changed I need to keep up to date with everything there are people out there that can do that for you like me and then that means that you can just do the bits that you're enjoying you're not having to get bogged down in all of this stuff that's because it is constantly changing the trends are continually some people love keeping up with it like me whereas other people just want to just do what they enjoy and that's absolutely fine that's why there are people out there that can help you with it just so that you can take some of this weight off you yeah I think that's so true right I mean Becky and I have had this conversation before when we've been on maybe our more frustrated days, like, ah, I'd start my business not because I wanted to learn to be a marketer. And that's like, that's not why I did this. Like, it just feels like this thing that gets thrust upon you. Whereas actually the reason you do your business, the reason you got into this is not so that you could learn to sell and market to people. Um, And actually a lot of the time, I think our our grappling in the relationship with this is is what can... (laughs) probably kill a lot of businesses right because the passion goes because they're not being able to not doing the things that they actually enjoy so I think that following the joy following the passion totally agree with and I would say from a personal point of view like it's okay if that changes over time like it's okay if you do something for a couple of months and then be like do you know what actually I need to take a pause because I would say I'm never that consistent on any one platform or at least it might look like it but to me I don't feel like it but I'm always consistent in content creation just not necessarily in the same place. So I might go through periods where I'm not really posting on my Instagram grid, but I'm emailing every single week. Or there'll be times where I'm not sending emails, but I'm I'm constant, more con- uh, consistent on Instagram. So we don't have to do it perfectly for it to work. 
So it's not about coming up with some strategy and having to execute it to perfection. It's about having that strategy that we can use to kind of give ourselves a bit of guidance, create a bit of boundaries so that we know where to, you know, spend our energy and effort. But you don't have to hit 100% of what you intend to do for it to still work. Uh, so yeah, there's there's definitely room to play with there. Something that I wish I'd mentioned actually is about AI because... Mm. With the you whole, know what? In my head, I was like, "Oh, we've not talked about AI." Yeah, because like with the whole ethical thing, like, oh, AI posts are just disgusting. Like they really, really mm. are. Because I'm seeing so many businesses now just being like, "Oh, well, AI can write it for me," and it's like, "Yeah, AI can write a post, but it's not very good, and it's going to tank." Because you can tell, everybody can always tell an AI written post. Um, yeah. And what it's if you just... tweak an AI? So, like, you get so for me, like on the ADHD spectrum, sometimes the structure feels challenging and I haven't fully gone down the AI, but I've played with it. And what I do love is the structure they give. How do you, do you feel that you can still notice that if someone tweaks and personalizes an AI post? Yeah, the way how AI talks is always the same. So it depends how much you tweak, because some people do it, but they might just put in a sentence at the top and a sentence at the end. And it's like, no, I can still tell that's an AI written post. Or they might do it like, right, I've written it, but now I'm going to change these three words in this paragraph. But I, it's, it depends. But to be fair, I think AI is only good for ideas. Whereas if you are getting it to write posts, even if you're tweaking it, you have to heavily tweak it to make it not sound like AI. Don't know what it is. I think you can just tell. You can just get the vibe from it. Like I can always tell when it's an AI written post, and it just turns me off instantly. And it's just for so many people, they just scroll past. Yeah, do you know, I've tried to use it a few times because I, I like obviously you see people talk about it, and hey, it's gonna save you so much, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, cool. I've tried to do it a few times, and every time, I'm like, it's just, it's just not built. I'm like, I don't understand how they claiming to get all these results because when I do it, it's rubbish but then I would say what it's been quite good for me is when I feed it long form and then um, but even then I've still not managed to get it to fully get out posts that have felt good I've been like oh you've kind of taken what I said but what yeah I, I imagine it'll improve maybe but it's not there yet yeah I don't know it's yeah it's like with the AI generated image because I don't know if you've seen the trend as well of people uh-huh. using the AI face images and stuff it just feels so disingenuous like i really really have a passionate hatred of it like facetune yeah it's like but extreme and then it's when people are just like oh yeah you can create a month's worth of posts in 10 minutes using ai it's like yeah you can but are those posts gonna actually do anything for you are they actually gonna create any sort of result because i mean i could write a thousand posts in a thousand minutes but they're gonna be crap like Mm. it's just it, it's so, people need to be careful because I think a lot of people just go for convenience over actual quality because it's always better to go for quality over quantity. And then just to um, kind of bring this to a nice little neat close, am I right in thinking, Rach, that you have a content club? So if you want a little bit of support in um, making your content, I run the content planning club uh, twice a month, every month on the second Wednesday evening and the fourth Monday morning, UK time. Um, And it's basically 90 minutes of a group of us creating content together, which means that you get that accountability, which is quite often something that is sorely lacking when you're trying to create your own content. And also you get a social media manager on hand, me, that you can ask questions to and that I can I show you my method of how I batch create content, which can make it get so much easier. And it's something that I hear a lot from the people that regularly come 
is it can take a couple of months but then it gets to the point where they're like actually do you know what this is getting easier and they're getting more and more done because they're getting used to exercising that content creation muscle in their brain and it just gets to the point where they're finding the flow so much easier and also just having somebody on hand to just be like I don't know what to post and I'll be like cool let's talk about this have you done this post this month have you done this post what about this and it just can really help to spark those ideas um so yes that's it's always nine pounds a month it's really nice and affordable because I know that people just need that accountability um and you can check out tickets are on my website um rachelluke.co.uk yeah, I'll make sure we link things in the show notes as well. And then obviously, Rachel's part of our community as well, the pod. So you're always welcome to come along and join that. And Rachel is there inside there if you want to have a, a chat with her at any point. Uh, you also did a wonderful masterclass for us, which is Saved Inside, which was all about content repurposing. Uh, yes, I do remember that correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can always come in and hang out uh, with us in there. But it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today Rachel thank you so much for joining us and so much beautiful stuff that's come out of it and definitely go and follow Rachel on Instagram what's your what's your handle so I'm basically everywhere I'm at Rachel Luke DM perfect 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 so yeah go follow Rachel over there as well and yeah you listener we will we will be back in your ears sometime soon thank you very much for having me thank you Rachel If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you're listening to this over on our Substack, we'd love for you to join the conversation and let us know your thoughts too. Likewise, if you actively want to explore what doing business differently looks like for you, then do be sure to check out the pod, which is our private community where we share a bunch of resources every month for you to play with as you define your way of doing things. Inside the pod, there's also a ton of live sessions held every month too. From community circles, clarity clinics, hot seat coaching, moon mornings, and member-led knowledge sharing sessions. To check it out, just head to the show notes below where everything is linked for you to explore further. Thanks so much for listening. Speak soon. Lots of love. (laughs)